Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Husker fans, welcome back to Believe in Nebraska Football on the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Sam Casacho. Week three in the books. Boy, what a game. On the 50th anniversary of the game of the century, the showdown between the Huskers and the Sooners was a show for everybody in America on Fox and a game that was closed throughout with the Sooners taking the Huskers down 23 to 16. The Huskers may have failed to shock the world, but they definitely surprised some folks. The Huskers put together probably their best performance during Scott Frost's tenure. But there were some demons that cropped up again that ultimately were the difference between victory and defeat in this game. So let's dive right in here. Now I gotta start with the black shirts. What a performance against a number three team one of the best offenses in the country, showed up tough, tough, tough. That is the best way to describe the way the Huskers played. They hawked to the ball in the secondary against great receivers. They showed their length, athleticism. They were unbelievably disruptive on every stage of the defense. Could the, It's the, their performance that kept the Huskers in this as, as long as they were, and they were in it until the final possession. Really unbelievable performance, particularly JoJo Doman with uh, 12 tackles. And it wasn't just about the tackles, but the way that he was able to, um, Spencer Rattler would try to, to get, you know, a, a running back or a wide receiver on a linebacker. And JoJo was great in coverage. Um, a couple wild balls that the, that the Huskers might have been able to, to pick off that, that Spencer uh, threw. But unbelievable performance from these black shirts. They are taking steps every week. They're taking steps every week. And and I don't want to do the moral victory thing because the truth is losing is losing. It doesn't feel good. I'm sh- The Huskers are, are disappointed, as are, I'm sure Husker fans are too. But particularly before the majority of conference play, because we still got the Illini that we started with in week zero, but the majority of conference play is in front of us. And I don't think the Illini are making a run at the Big Ten West. So you put this kind of together. They've been effective at being able to stack weeks, particularly on defense. Every week they look better and better and better and better. And this isn't been the story all the t- like every year under Frost. Last year, the Huskers play Penn State, get a great win. Next week against Illinois, fall apart. 
So far this season, they have been able to grow, and the truth is the Blackshirts put together a good performance against Illinois in Week 0, and they put a better one against Fordham, and they put a better one together against Buffalo, and then this is their best one. And now we have to play big conference play, but I think that they're ready to really face some of the best offenses in here because they don't get much better than Oklahoma's offense, and they hung in there. The Blackshirts held Oklahoma to their lowest point total during Lincoln Riley's tenure and the lowest point total Oklahoma's had since 2016 when they lost to Houston. Now, while Spencer Rattler and the rushing attack of Oklahoma with Eric Gray and Kennedy Brooks was able to get some things going, the biggest thing for the Huskers here was their ability to limit the big play with the longest rush and the longest pass of the day being 23 yards. That's huge when defending an offense like Oklahoma's. Really unbelievable job by the Huskers here. Kept contained Rattler. Contained a few chunk runs, but but nothing too, nothing too long, nothing too explosive. It turned the game into kind of this defensive battle that really gave the Husker offense a chance. And I said last week, if Adrian Martinez has his best day, he can do everything that Spencer Rattler can do. And the truth was, that happened in this game today. With technically, Adrian Martinez outplayed Rattler. Rattler was 24 of 34 with a 79.1 quarterback rating. Martinez, by comparison, was 19 of 25 for 289 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception, 86.5 quarterback rating. So even with that one interception, which in the game, in the context of the game, while uh, DJ Graham made an unbelievable play on that interception, the truth was it was fourth and 18. And the fact that he did it actually hurt the Sooners by 18 yards of field position. And it actually allowed the Husker defense to pin the Sooners deep in their offensive possession. But yeah, unbelievable game from Adrian. It may not be his biggest game in terms of stats or or racking up yards, but I thought playing against a a great Sooner defense that he was efficient and, and, and the best, most efficient player that I think we've seen him be and had his most efficient game running the offense that, that we've seen in our time, um, in our time watching him. Um, another huge game for Xavier Betts, probably his best game as a Husker. I know he had that big game against Penn state last year, but a lot of that came on one play, a lot of timely throws and big plays for the Huskers on third and long when we really needed a play. Um, another big player for the Huskers on offense was Ramir Johnson. Um, haven't seen a ton of him this year, but honestly, and a lot of the impact he made was in the receiving game. Ramir Johnson actually had 48 yards receiving and uh, kind of looked like a, like a James White, you know, on the Patriots kind of making those kind of plays. And Martinez was dropping the throws into, into really good windows. Unbelievable from him and hard running. He also led the team, the running back room in, in rushing 11 carries 42 yards. Um, Really unfortunate here was that Gabe Urban was starting to get going in this game as well. And in the third quarter, kind of untouched. Um, he's got a patellar tendon injury and um, 
it seems like he'll be out for some a significant amount of time. He was on crutches after the game. So that was a real tough loss for the Huskers. But I got to say, this running back room, a lot of them running tough. Ramir Johnson ran hard. Um, tough with the loss of Gabe Urban, but I really like what we have in Marquis Step and in Sevian Morrison. And it really feels like for the first time, like I know in this podcast we've talked in earlier weeks about how in years prior that, you know, when Diedrich Mills or someone would go down or since Ozigbo has left, there just hasn't been a player like a next man up. Like it seems like we take a significant step back. It really feels like, like not only are we running different guys, like it's a good problem to have. We're running different guys because all of these guys are playing at a pretty good level. Um, so I was excited and encouraged by what, what I, what I've seen out of these guys and we're continuing to get better in that area. Um, another really interesting thing was getting uh, Travis Vokalek uh, in his first game with the Huskers. Um, Austin Allen's playing. So we got to see both tight ends kind of out there. That definitely improved the blocking game. And Omar Manning returned. Uh, didn't see Oliver Martin, but the, Oliver Manning, Xavier Betts having a big game. Um, just showing, like, we showed a lot of length and athleticism against that Sooner defense. And the I really think the tight ends helped in, in terms of blocking. Now, you know we're going to talk about <laughs> about the offensive line in, in terms of the run blocks this week. At times, there seemed like there was an improvement, but obviously the first drive, the first drive started off pretty rough. Um, taking, you know, a few penalties really, really kind of hampered the drive, probably led to three in what could have been more given that the offensive line took four penalties, three false starts, one unnecessary rough for us all on the line on the first drive, accumulating, you know, 30 yards worth of penalties. Um, so my, you know, that, that, that stuff isn't great. I mean, it's kind of the same stuff that we've talked about all year, but they did settle in. Like there were less penalties and we went on, there were a couple, you know, kind of cheeky penalties on, on Cam Jurgens, at least one later that was kind of bang, bang. Um, but I thought they got better. I thought that, the run block, the, the the run blocking is still it, it still needs work, but I I do see it getting better. Like the Oklahoma front isn't really you know anything to scoff at. Like that's a great group. This is the number two, three team in the country. So the fact that they're kind of even to we're able to even look kind of certainly satisfactory. Uh, probably not is you know satisfactory is a tough word because it's definitely not you know I don't think anybody's satisfied with where the run game was at in that game. But, you know, they were able to get some runs. They were able to – I particularly like when we were backed into our own territory that they ran with Gabe Urban three times in a row. And on the third – you know, on third and ten, he picked up the first down. That was a huge play. That was a great play in the game. Um, but they need some work on that. Need to work on the penalties a little bit still. But other than that, I mean, between the offense and the defense, like we, I said last week, you know, Martinez needs to have his best game. Pretty much everyone on the team does. On the offensive and defensive sides of the ball, it really did feel like you got the Huskers' best game. Uh, to a man, really great job. But you know the next thing that's coming. The hottest topic in Husker media, special teams. Now, there was some good and some bad here. Good was on the first drive. Connor Culp hit a 51-yard field goal. I think a lot of Husker fans are holding their breath. I know I was. And he hit it right down the middle, and I thought, okay, here we go. We're going to have a chance here today. And then we had the misses. The Huskers were so close 
in terms of their ability to play with Oklahoma on the road in terms of offense and defense, but this game literally came down to special teams. Unfortunately, after the 51-yard field goal, the Huskers missed two field goals. One of them was from 50 yards, but still, I mean, it, it literally was six points there and a, and a miss extra point that was taken back for two points for Oklahoma, give them the ball, really was the difference in this game. Now, again, like I said last week, it's a really tough spot that Frost is in because this isn't, you know, this isn't the punt return Cam Taylor Britt thing where we're all scratching our heads about it, what he's doing. Connor Culp was talented. And he was a great kicker for us last year. And obviously he's capable. He hit that 51 yarder to start the game, but he's got some yips or something right now. And it's, how do you manage that? It's a difficult thing. And, and kicking is so such a mental game. I, I don't envy, I don't envy Scott trying to navigate this because it is a killer and it killed us in this game. It killed the Huskers missing those field goals and cert, definitely the, the extra point. It was a momentum killer. I mean, you just score, you make the game within four. All of a sudden, it's a it, you know, it's going the other way. You think you're making it within four. Tough. That's tough. Now you want to give the special team some credit where credit's due, and I we didn't see Cam Taylor Britt return a punt today, and consequently, coincidentally, there were no punt return fumbles for the first time this season. Let's get a clap here. No punt return fumbles. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Um, not just that. There was a point in the game, I mentioned it earlier. It was right after Martinez threw the interception on 4th and 18. It pinned Oklahoma deep in their own territory. The defense makes a stand. Oklahoma has to punt from their own end zone. And I actually got to watch Samari Toure return the ball. And it was just a 10-yard return. It was just a 10-yard return. But that 10 yards is one first down. That makes an enormous difference in the chances that you have of scoring. And guess what? The Huskers did score on that drive. These, these little things that just need to be cleaned up w- would make all the world a difference. You're talking about playing with the number three team in the country, and you played with them man-to-man, offense and defense, but your special teams was the seven-point difference. That's what changed the game. If you could just do those little things on special teams right, this team is ready to turn a corner. They're closer than people think. And I I think they surprise a lot of people out here. Honestly, I wasn't sure what to expect. I mean, I think most Husker fans probably turn this on, a game on national television, and think, you know, you can't help but feel, oh, we've seen this movie before. Here it comes. (laughs) I mean, we literally were on Fox at noon to start the year in week zero, and we watched what happened. And it felt like, oh, this is the same stuff that's been happening for years. But on the 50th anniversary, the game of the century, the Huskers showed up. And it just what fun for college football to really be watching the Sooners and the Huskers play just an absolutely tight game. Really fun, like unbelievable stuff. And it felt really encouraging for where the team is at. Well, I mean, make no mistake, it's disappointing. It's very disappointing to lose, particularly in a game that the entire game you feel like you might you could win. It's seven to three at halftime. One possession game, most of the game. One possession game on the final drive. So if I can have one podcast where we're not talking about special teams, 
I think the Huskers will be winning a lot of games. So what does this game against the Sooners ultimately mean for the Huskers moving forward? Like I said, I don't buy into the moral victories. Ultimately, it was a loss. And as Martinez said after the game, obviously everyone's disappointed, including him. They went in expecting to win, which is the mentality you have to have. But I think the most important thing to take from the game is, is Scott put it best. There's some things to clean up, but a lot to build on. And that's the most important thing here. So far, it feels like this team has been successful in stacking games and getting better across the board, even in areas they're strong at, like defense, etc. They've been able to improve week to week. I think Martinez's play has been good for most of the year, and that's been able to improve. No turnovers for, for the Martinez outside of the one play that ultimately ended up being beneficial in terms of field position for the Huskers. So you can't fault them on that. I, you, you know, it doesn't matter if you have an interception on a fourth down anyway. It's <laughs> like, um, but these guys have gotten better. They've gotten better week to week. If they can be better next week than they were against the number three Sooners, they could win a lot of games this year. Everything's in front of them. And the, 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 that's the first thing that, that it does from a football perspective is it gives them something to build on. What it does in terms of the narrative and the media, I don't want to put too much emphasis on the media, but we talked earlier this season at, during the scandal, during fall camp, and after the loss to Illinois, you know, the fine bombs of the world coming out of the woodwork, swirling around that this is the biggest disaster that any team's ever experienced and, you know, just completely creating this negative vortex around the team. A game like this on national television has some people saying positive things, pointing out some things that I've pointed out about the truth of this program's rebuild and the truth about Scott and, and where this program is at, and that they're closer than people think. I'm going to play a clip from Joel Clad on Fox that he said after the game that I really think sums up best how the narrative around the Husker season could change because it feels different even now from where we were versus Illinois losing in week zero to where we are today losing in week three against the number three Oklahoma Sooners. I, I think that there's probably more to talk about on, on the side of Nebraska, and, and I just want to address the Nebraska fan base. I understand that you're growing impatient. I understand that it has been tough to watch this rebuild. But I would just encourage you um, by stating that that team is really good that I saw on the, t uh, on the field today. Uh, defensively, they're tough. Offensively, they played very efficient at the skill position. Uh, obviously, the offensive lines need to clean some things up. This came, this came down genuinely to special teams. Nebraska, you lost the game because of two missed field goals and a blocked extra point. That's it. It's a seven-point game. You did enough to beat Oklahoma on the road. They're the number three team in the country, save for the kicking game. So it, it is closer than you think. I understand that it's tough. I do. I get it. For 30 years, you guys finished the AP poll ranked. 23 of those 33 years, you were ranked in the top 10 to finish the season. And, and listen, I know you want to compete for national championships and, and you want the era of the Osbournes and the Devaney's back. I understand. But just 
understand that this was a, a very deep hole that Scott Frost and his staff was trying to build out of. This team is way better than they were even last year when Gus and I called their game against Ohio State. They're tougher. They're cleaner. All of those different things. It's, it's at that moment where they're going to have a tipping point into winning some of these games. Their last eight football games, uh, the losses that they've had are by a total, total of 28 points. So they're 28 points away from having an eight-game win streak. I'm telling you, it's this close. It's a razor's edge. They clean up just a couple of things. They are right there. So Nebraska fans, be patient. I believe that the Huskers are close. Despite a very daunting schedule with five teams ranked in the top 25 and two teams ranked in the top 10 currently in Ohio State and Iowa left on the schedule, I believe the Huskers can make some noise in the Big Ten this year. I think that the narrative is beginning to change. It felt great to hear Joel Klatt say something like that because it's just been negative stuff most of the whole time. We can build a different narrative about this season from this game. We can build better football from this game. As we've done from week zero to week three, we've built a better team just even in those small form out of games. And it starts this week at Michigan State. In a lot of ways, this is going to be just as tough of a test, if not tougher. Michigan State's defense is tough, and we're going to dive into that on Thursday in the Michigan State preview. But there are a lot of teams left here that the Huskers could get some signature wins. And the truth is this program hasn't won a bowl game. They're going to have to play a ton of great teams throughout this schedule. But they just showed that they can hang with a top five team. Keep it going. And this season could be something special for the Huskers. Getting a couple ranked wins and going to a bowl would be huge for this program. That's what this has to be about. That's what this game had to mean. That's our show for this week. Tune in on Thursday to hear the Michigan State preview as the Huskers play the Spartans in week four. And as always, go Big Red. I was raised in Nebraska. But one time I journeyed south And the things those Okies said down there Made me wipe out a couple of miles They like their Sooner football And they don't like the Huskers enough But I surprised them all when I sang this song I made them take off and run you can boast about your victory Tell me all about your team But when we meet on the football field Your bridges won't be clean You can brag about the Sooners And sing your old fight song But don't come across our borderline Cause you knuckleheads don't belong Your story.
Memories old, it's history You're living in the past When we meet on the football field We'll knock you on your elbow In 82 when the game is through You'll wish you hadn't played Cause when the Huskers beat the Sooners You'll hang your head in shame You can boast about your victory Tell me all about your team But when we meet on the football field Your bridges won't be clean You can brag about the Sooners And sing your old fight song But don't come across our borderline Cause you knuckleheads don't belong Across our borderline Cause you knuckleheads don't belong Get on back to Oklahoma Thank you for listening to Believe You can show support to your host By subscribing to the show And giving us a 5 star rating On your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com And search for B-L-E-A-V On YouTube You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.